Um, just a little follow-on for Paul's um, exposure of his behaviour when he was younger. <laughs> Believe me, what he said, everything was true. I used to spend a lot of my time in the car under the dashboard. It was embarrassing. Um, but our do- eldest daughter rang yesterday and uh, she said, Mum, I know where I got it from. Um, and I said, what? So I put Paul on speaker. I said, what? She said, I just listened to Dad's sermon. She was rebellious. And she said, I got it from him. We would be away. She's 16, 17. And she'd be out in my car. But she only tells me years later this happened. I'd be stressing it if I was home. But, yeah, she gets it from him. But also... Um, he, he was such a rat bag, but then we, would, <laughs> we were down in Warrnambool, we were looking after a church down there about five or six, seven years ago, and I drove him to the church. Now, the bottom car park of the church was gravel, so I decided to do a little skid, which I've never done anything like that in my life. And you should have seen it, and you should have seen him tell me off. <laughs> this person who had... Um, and I did it again, and he said, it's not funny. So I was never rebellious, but in later years I have tried to make up for lost time. Uh, they say if, you don't, not, if you're not rebellious as a teenager, you will be as an adult. And you can see that in a lot of people. Adults have got a nicer way of being rebellious. Anyway, um, peace in the storm. We all have storms in life, and they're often a disruption to everyday life. They could be storms of physical pain. They could be storms of abuse. They can be storms of broken relationships. They can be financial hardships. They can be rebellious children. And one of the big ones is a storm of unforgiveness that stays with us until we learn to forgive. These occurrences in our lives can make us stronger in our faith or they can break us and affect our mental well-being. We've, we had a friend, uh, it's not my notes, but we had a friend, um, very clever academic girl, and she had been abused as a younger child. She died last year, her husband died before her, she died last year, and she was a bitter, sad person because she could never forgive the person Her boys and her grandchildren wouldn't go and visit her because she was her bitterness. As you get older, it comes out if you don't deal with it. And unforgiveness is a major thing. James in chapter 1 says, Consider it all joy, brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, sometimes it reads easier than what it is. The the, uh, dictionary meaning of faith is the complete trust and confidence in someone or something. Trusting God through the fears and doubts of life. He is good regardless of whatever life throws at us. He does not change or move. And we look at this story in Mark and see some of the trials that the disciples had on this journey. Jesus said to them, 
let's go over to the other side. He was tired and needed a rest because the next experience he was going to have is a deliverance uh, over on the other side. And to me, that was a promise from, from God. Let's go over the other side. If he said, well, let's go to the middle of the lake and there's going to be a storm, we're all going to drown, that's not a promise. And he was assuring them that they'd get there. But remembering that these are disciples, we can be a bit harsh on people in the Bible, um, but they're just like us. Um, they were young Christians, and they were learning like we are. And you never stop learning, it doesn't matter how old you are. Is that right, Paul? In their presence, he had healed the sick, raised the dead, fed lots of people, but they had more to learn. But the funny thing is, I think, reading this story, is at least six of the disciples were fishermen. Now, the Sea of Galilee is known as a treacherous sea when the storm comes up. So why were they asking Jesus to rescue them when they were better fishermen handling boats? Funny question, isn't it? I don't know the answer, but it's funny. (laughs) When the storm comes up, they wake Jesus up and accuse him of not caring. And don't you and I do that when sometimes when things are tough? Oh, you don't care for me. As a younger Christian, I used to say that all the time. But deep down, I knew he did care. Fear came into their hearts. Fear is, emotional fear is a horrible, horrible thing. But there's more than one type of fear. There's healthy fear. We have to have the fear of God. There's a healthy fear that protects us from danger. But today I want to talk mainly on emotional fear. The meaning of the word fear, an unpleasant emotion caused by the threat of danger, pain or harm. And fear came into mankind in Genesis 3 when Adam was disobedient and God was walking in the garden and God's calling Adam out and he said, where are you? I was, I was hiding, I was fearful because he had been exposed to sin. We're living in a day of massive fear and anxiety. It's really out of control. But when we take God out of, out of the picture, it will get un, uh, uncontrollable. I was a very, very fearful person. I could not stand here and put two words together. My anxiety was up here and I could not speak. It was so crippling. I'd never had to be, I never had to be alone because I grew up the youngest of ten children, so I was never, ever alone. I recognised fear when I got married. If Paul went out, I'd sit there, all the blinds closed, scared stiff till he got home. If I went away the night, which he often did working for, a furniture removalist in those days, I would take my two little girls to my mum's and stay the night because I would just be an absolute mess. But as a child growing up, I was always aware of God's presence. Um, 
I used to go, I lived, we were in a little village in Scotland and so I was able to go off to church by myself. But this night I decided to stay home. This is in Melbourne where we lived um, when Paul was out. And I've heard God's voice like he's talking to me in the room about three times and they were very important times of healing in my life. And I was standing in the kitchen, probably shaking, um, and I heard God say, don't you think I can look after you better than that husband of yours? That's what I thought he said. It was the beginning, not the end, the beginning of rooting out fear in my life. I stood on what he said to me. And when, the, you know how the devil comes back to us all the time with the same old, same old, I'd say, rack, I don't use these words normally, but rack off. God is looking after me. Eventually, he did. I now love being on my own, and I could spend the whole my life being on my own. Does Jesus care? Yes, he does. Do not fear, Jesus says, for I have called you by name. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you and strengthen you with my righteous right hand. The only way we can grow in God, I believe, is trusting a lot of the promises he gives us, standing on the promises they're not in, written in there for no reason whatsoever. Many Christians go through life stuck and they see this word as a dry book and they never develop a relationship with a Godhead. When, I was living, when we were living in Darwin, um, we came home. The first time I was working for Wycliffe, which was wonderful, Bible translators, and the second time um, I was asked to go on staff at Marara Christian School, NT Christians. I did the work for Indigenous, we had 90 Indigenous kids in family group homes. And another pastor's wife and I started the same day, and I'd pick her up. And um, we went to morning tea, and mainly men, um, not the teachers, we were at the other part. And... Um, uh, the accountant, who was our boss, introduced us. And one man said, uh, this is Anne and Sue and their pastor's wives. And one guy said, and I guess they read the Old Testament as well. So Sue and I had a great discussion on the way home. Um, but then I was transferred across to Marara School and we had a lot of young ones and teachers. Glennis, my boss, um, was such a social and caring and counsellor in the school. So they were all in. So we started to ask some of the young ones, do you read the Old Testament? No, it's too hard. This is a whole book, not a half. We might as well tear it up if it's... But if we don't see the God in the Old Testament, everybody sees him as a harsh God. But once you get to know him, he's a very kind and gracious and forgiving God in the Old Testament. 
at one point he says, what have I done to all you people that you reject me so much? Um, I thought, oh, this is awful. So even if it's hard, I mean, I had no family members Christians and I just kept reading and reading and not that I remember much even now when I read, but it does sink in. And we need to know the character of God as well as the character of Jesus. Jesus uh, then asked these disciples, why are you so afraid? You still don't have any fear? Faith? At times we don't have faith. But why is it that in church life we expect more of fellow Christians and their journey than we do of ourselves? I struggle with that. I struggle with the criticism people give to other. I, I hate it because it's so damaging and it's so often words squash our spirit. So we need to be, learn to be people that lift each other up, even although none of us are perfect. We were adopted by God as Gentiles, so why do we think that we've got it all? Even to the day we die, we don't. I, I hardly know any of this the more I read it. But until the day we die, we're walking with him. And these young men in the boat were training, they didn't know that, to be the early church leaders and apostles. And then in verse 41 of this chapter, they became very much afraid. Who is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? At this point, their souls needed calming. And I think God wants to work more on our inside than outside. We can work on our outside ourselves, but we can't work on our inside without God. And really, we, we need to not be complacent with our relationship with God because it's the most important thing in our lives. And Jesus wants to walk, uh, calm the storm in our inner life. Jesus was perhaps showing him them a new part that they had to learn, that he was truly the son of God. He was there in creation. He calmed the storm and they, couldn't, they didn't get that. He put the stars in place. He was there. He had power over the sea. He may have been trying to tell them that we too can rebuke the storms in our lives. And some of it, the storms we have in life are self-inflicted. For me it was back then. <laughs> and he said, Jesus was fully human when he said, let's go over to the other side. But he also was fully God and knew what was going to happen. How come he could sleep during a storm? I can't even sleep now at night, now that I'm getting older. I used to be able to sleep through anything, but not anymore. And especially when Paul asked me to speak for the week, I don't, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> um, uh, Psalm 91 is very precious to me. Uh, my mum died when I was in my early 30s. 
Um, she had gone, my sister lives in America, well, she died last year. Um, she lived in America and my mum desperately wanted to go to my, for my nephew's 21st. She died suddenly. I was absolutely devastated because my mum was solid. All she wanted to be was a mum. And this verse in Psalm 91, verse 1, we live within the shadow of the Almighty, sheltered by the God who's above every other gods. And once we start to believe that, it becomes a reality in our lives. That's a promise. The storm may be the storm of abuse. I remembered when I was, the year before my mum died, I'd blocked out abuse. I was abused as an eight-year-old, and that's where anxiety and fear came into my life, without me knowing it. And Paul and I were up at a place called Elkana. Paul was doing some more um, counselling sessions with our friend, Graham Cairn. And uh, he said, you can come in with this lady. So we went in, and uh, she started to share her story. And I'm getting sick and sick, and all these pictures are coming back. But anyway, it took me three or four years, five years to deal with it because I didn't want to tell anyone because back then there was shame in it. God is a miracle-working God. And I would encourage you, if you've got any darkness in your life, not to hide it. I hid it because I didn't want people to think I was crazy. The print we gave to our granddaughter last year for her birthday, this is by a beautiful artist in Geelong, Laura Grace. She's part of our community. And I just love it because I just... Yeah, I'd like one. Um, <laughs> I'd like a print. Uh, it just feels like we're so sheltered by God if, if we choose to be through the storms of life. They're not easy. But that child, I see it as my granddaughter, um, feels safe under those wings. And we can feel safe under the wings of God. We may have to learn God's peace and joy in our lives. You know, it's, it's interesting, as, as we read, it's always his peace, his joy, his faithfulness. It's got nothing to do with us. We just have to believe it and accept it and... It comes eventually. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's a journey. But um, it's taken me years to get rid of a lot of pain in my life. I dealt with the abuse and uh, uh, forgiveness. We're in America doing another course straight away. But I've spent a lot of years dealing with the behaviour patterns I learned as a child to survive without me even knowing. But God is good and there is peace after a storm. I remember in Darwin when we lived there, um, 
there was a cyclone coming through, and um, it's a week of preparing. Uh, you have to pack up. We're at school. We had to pack up our home like we were leaving. Um, tape all our windows and. Paul took his little sports down the shop car down to the shopping centre in case it got damaged. Um, but I remember it ended up not coming through. Uh, uh, overnight it turned and went away from Darwin. But I remember some of our friends from church who had gone through Tracy. And if you've ever been in Darwin, to, there's a museum there that has uh, the... Uh, you go into this room and you hear the noise of the cyclone. And I'm thinking, no wonder they're scared. And a lot of people left Darwin until this, this had come through. Uh, and I understand that. They may never get over that, but they still can have peace through life with it. There is peace through a vicious storm if we want him. Don't accept second best in your Christian life. Don't accept the middle of the road without any experience of God because he's such a, a gorgeous, beautiful father. And his spirit, he left with us to be able to experience that through his word. Um, we are going to finish off now. I'm not as long as Paul. Um, because he lives. Now, all fear may not go. Sometimes we have to continue, and anxiety and calming the storms. It's an ongoing thing that we learn experiences through it all. This is a beautiful uh, song, Gaither's song, Joy. <laughs> Thank you.